It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 9th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You, of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk all about the Magic's upcoming game against Utah Jazz as their road trip comes to a close. And actually, hits the halfway point of the season. Hard to believe, but still feels like it took forever to get here. We'll talk about uh, the Magic's game coming up against the Jazz. We'll do some some mid-season review stuff uh, to end the week as the Magic have a few days off here before they dive back into the schedule. Good time to take a pause and think about some of those things. So we'll talk about that coming up uh, in, just a mo- in just a moment. We'll also talk about Jonathan Isaac and the Orlando Magic starting lineup. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. By searching for Locked On and a team you are looking for. Just like there's a podcast covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's one covering every single team in the NBA, including the Utah Jazz, including the Boston Celtics, including the Houston Rockets, every team. Plus, there's the national podcast, Locked On NBA, covering the big stories around the NBA every single day. And, of course, Locked On Fantasy Basketball covering fantasy basketball. I know the NFL is also kicking up this week with the divisional round of the playoffs. You can check out the Locked On NFL Podcast Network and find your team there as well. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, of course, hiring Bruce Arians to be their next head coach. Definitely check out Locked On Buccaneers for the latest on that and analysis of the new coach there. And of course, Locked On Dolphins has the search for the Dolphins' next head coach on their podcast as well. You can check out all these podcasts, plus MLB and Colleges too, all on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it is your team every day. When the Orlando Magic last met the Utah Jazz was down in Mexico City, the Jazz were kind of muddling along, uh, still trying to find themselves and figure some things out. Uh, and Orlando picked them up. They, they picked them. They, they, they got them, uh, played a ugly game, found a way to win, and scored a huge victory. They were able to kind of contain Donovan Mitchell. Rudy Gobert couldn't really get going. The Magic just were playing well, or they found a little bit of, of whatever they needed. And they were able to get a win. Since then, though, the Jazz have almost certainly turned a little bit of a corner. The Jazz, sitting at 20 and 21, are, yeah, still under 500, but seem to be moving in a better direction. They seem to be resembling more the team everyone knows the Utah Jazz can be. Fifth in the league in defensive rating now at 105.4. 107.2 offensive rating is certainly, certainly pretty solid. Um, they're actually in the uh, 21st, 21st, so not that solid, but 107.2 offensive rating is going to get the job done. Their net rating of 1.8 puts them 12th. Essentially, they are better than their record indicates. They play defense. They're able to score. They move the ball effective. They move the ball relatively effectively. The offensive consistency has been the biggest issue for them. And of late, 
it does seem like the Jazz have turned a corner. They have gotten a lot better. Donovan Mitchell's starting to find his groove. And all the pieces seem to be falling a little bit more into place. That is until Wednesday's game, or Monday's game against the Milwaukee Bucks. In Milwaukee, Utah did get off to a good start, but injuries really hurt them. Injuries are going to continue to hurt them for the next few weeks. The Salt, uh, All the Utah Jazz outlets reporting now that Dante Exum and Ricky Rubio are expected to miss at least the next week after suffering injuries in recent games and in that game Monday against Milwaukee. They'll also be without Thabo Cephalosha. That leaves the Jazz in a point guard situation that is perhaps worse than the Magics in some ways. Raul Neto is the only true point guard left on the roster. There's perhaps some talk that they'll call up one of their two-way guys who's a point guard. Um, and, of, of course, there's probably talk that, yes, Donovan Mitchell will man some point guard, uh, so will man the point a little bit more as well. That's obviously a tough place to be for any team. As the Magic know, they're struggling with the point guard position right now. It, it can be tough if you don't have a reliable point guard, someone who just knows how to play the position. It's, it's, it's not a position that you can just stick a shooting guard in and make it work. It's in a video game. You can't, you can't do that. And so... If Donovan Mitchell has to play some point guard, that takes a little bit away from his scoring, which he's been doing a lot better at lately. And it's going to make it a little bit tougher for them. Now, granted, Utah's defense should still be on point. Yes, Ricky Rubio is a fantastic defender, but that team just knows how to play defense. And of course, they have Rudy Gobert to clean up the mess. And so, yeah, for a Magic team that is struggling right now to score, to get into the paint, draw players in, and make open shots... It's going to be dicey. Wouldn't surprise me if once again this game is as ugly as it was in Mexico City. That game, the Magic won 96-89. to 89. Would not surprise me if it's another kind of struggle game like that where, you know, it, that game, it took Terrence Ross going off in the fourth quarter to deliver a Magic win. It took a lot to get that win. And it's going to take a lot again to get a win over a Utah Jazz team. But as I tend to say in these situations... This game is less about matching up to the opponent than it is about doing what the Magic need to do. Orlando, of course, is struggling right now. Believe it or not, actually, their defensive rating improved after that game against the Sacramento Kings. Their, their defense was not as bad as you think. And in fact, surprisingly, Orlando has a 108.4 defensive rating, putting them 14th in the league. They're not the top 10 defense Steve Clifford wants them to be, but the Magic are at least a average defensive team. As we all know, though, the problem with this Magic team is their offense. We do not know if the Magic shooting will turn, if the Magic will be able to make open shots, if they'll be able to get good shots. That's the big question for the Magic. That's the big question every night for this team. Are they going to be able to make the shots they need to make? As if they make a few shots, then that does loosen them, some things up. But with Gobert in the paint, Derek Favors, they've been trying to, to keep him kind of in lineups where he's playing center, but they'll still use him at power forward a little bit, little bit uh, in those starting lineups. With the Jazz's ability to clog the paint a little bit, the Magic are going to struggle just a hair. They're going to struggle a little bit. And unfortunately, their defense has kind of dissip- dissipated a little bit as their offense struggles more and more. 
Their defense is still somewhat tied to their offensive success, although not as much as in previous years. Orlando's got to find a way to make shots. This could be the game that they do. This could be the game that they don't. And we continue to see the team struggle to stay in games. As as we've seen throughout the year, Orlando's path to victory is very, very narrow. If Orlando's going to win, they've got to do X, Y, and Z. They've got to defend well. They've got to move the ball. They've got to get out and transition. You know, They've got to do a lot of things and do them well to stay in games. Otherwise, that blowout potential is still there. And with the last game of a road trip, a trip home overnight coming, you do have to be on guard to looking ahead. These games sometimes get ugly. And honestly, we could throw, if the Magic find a way to focus in and win this game, that will that will tell me a lot about this team and their focus and whether they're going to be serious about things. Because they're staring at a 1-4 in four road trip right now. To get to 2-4, and four, salvage something, it's not the ideal outcome, but you can live with it. Because you're, you're not out of the playoff race at all. Every team in the East right now in that 8th playoff race is, is losing right now. So it's definitely a struggle. And this game will be a true fight. Like they did in Mexico City, they're going to have to win ugly. They're going to have to win on the strength of their defense because Utah isn't going to give up too much, too many inches. So Orlando has their work cut out for them once again. The Orlando Magic tip-off against Utah Jazz at 9 o'clock over in Salt Lake City. Game is on Fox Sports Florida. We'll have complete coverage of the game on Locked on Magic tomorrow as well as on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Like I said, one of the things that I think we really have to to watch in this game uh, and keep a, keep a close eye on is how... The start, how the team starts off. I've said this, I think, the last two games that you can really tell within the first five minutes of the game if the Magic are going to be engaged and ready to play. If their defensive efforts are at a high level, if their offense is flowing, you can really tell how engaged they are. Against Minnesota, their defense was non-existent from the very start. They, they were out of that game from the beginning, and I don't care that they took a 19-point lead. They did so because they were shooting 70% not because their defense was doing any work. Their defense needs to be the catalyst. That's that's always been the issue here. Against the Clippers, defense started off pretty well, actually, I thought. And overall, I think that game was closer than the final margin uh, let on, and I think they let go of the rope. Despite what I said about the statistics saying that the Magic actually played an above-average defensive game against the Kings, they didn't. That early part of that game, Orlando was giving up way too much dribble penetration, way too much runs to the rim, and way too many points in the paint. So that was not a good defensive game at all. And again, you could tell really within the first five minutes. The Magic starting lineup has largely been good. It's largely been a unit that the team can rely on. The starting lineup 
DJ Augustin, Nikola Vucevic, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac has played 300 minutes together and has a plus 2.4 net rating. Among the team's lineups that have played at least 100 minutes so far this year. Let me, sorry, let me pull this up. Among the team's best lineups, most used lineups, that group is doing fairly well. For a team with such a bad net rating, a bad negative net rating, again, the Magic are still kind of in the bottom part of the league as far as net rating. The Magic starting lineup has a plus 2.4 net rating. 104.6 offensive rating, 102.2 defensive rating. The offense still struggles, but the defense is really good. And other most used lineups that involve some variation of the Magic starting lineup. DJ Augustin, Nikola Vucevic, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon especially, those that, that foursome, continue to play well. Put Wes Awundu in those lineups, plus 6.8. Put Terrence Ross in those lineups, plus 14.5 with a 92.4 defensive rating and a 106.9 offensive rating. The Magic put Jonathan Simmons in those lineups, plus 4.0 net rating. When Steve Clifford is is standing there saying, you know, I've got to find the right combinations and the right pairings and and groups to to sustain the the team's success, He's not talking really about changing the starting lineup. Because really, the Magic's four best players are pretty clear. DJ Augustin, Evan Fournier, uh, Nikola Vucevic, Aaron Gordon. Those are the four best players on the team. That fifth guy has been the variable. But frankly, that's not the part that matters. The Magic's starting lineup has been largely effective. The Magic starting lineup has done a very good job so far this year. The statistics all point to this, that on a team that has struggled so much, this group still plays well. At least last week before this losing streak, the Magic starting lineup with Jonathan Isaac in it had the 7th best net rating of any group that has played at least 200 minutes. That has obviously changed because that group has started to struggle and we'll talk a little bit about that coming up here in just a moment. But one of the big tasks that Steve Clifford has set upon himself and, and has said is the thing that he has to figure out is how to put the most effective lineups out on the floor. Not just to start the game, not just to finish the game, but throughout the entire game. And the Magic frankly, do not seem to have the full resources to get that done. There just isn't enough shooting on the team to make up for it. There isn't enough shooting on the team to sustain whatever they have. And there's a lot of youth. Mo Bamba is up and down as a rookie. They haven't found an answer at the backup point guard position. Jaron Grant hasn't worked out. Jonathan Simmons is shaky at best. There's a lot of questions, like I said yesterday, this Magic team has to answer about the roster. And it's not just going to come internally within the group that's currently on the team. It's, it's clear that the Magic need to continue to make moves 
whether it's at the trade deadline this year or further on down the road. But the starters are not the problem. That's really the biggest takeaway. The Magic starting lineup has been effective and good for the team. But Steve Clifford can't play that starting group 48 minutes a game. They got to break up at some point. And he, he's really the, the, the trick that he's finding is which combinations with the starting lineup, with the starting group, do I need to put out there to make sure this team can still score consistently? Really, if you look at all the plus minus numbers, DJ Augustin and Nikol, Nikola Vucevic are the two most important players on the team. The fact of the matter is, the backups to those players have such a severe drop-off that you take them out at any point of the game and the team just cannot sustain itself. You know, if, if anything, the change that Clifford needs to make right now is to ensure that at every point in the game, either Augustin or Vucevic are on the floor. And maybe that isn't even enough. Because obviously they both have their shortcomings. Otherwise, the Magic would kind of be in the situation they've been in for the last three years. If the Magic do have hope, it is that this starting lineup can and does work well together. And you can switch out, and we'll talk again about, about a potential switch coming up here. You can switch out whoever you want. This group works well together. But unfortunately, they're playing... They've played 300, that the starting lineup specifically has played 300 minutes together in 28 games. That's 10.7 minutes per game. That lineup with a one-do has played 177 minutes across 18 games. That's 9.8 minutes per game. So we're about 19 minutes together. That group with Ross has played 123 minutes over 25 minutes. That's 4.9 minutes per game. Talking about a little bit more than half of the game together, or at some combination of those those players, and unfortunately, that just doesn't add up. That doesn't add up to forty-eight. Number one, it doesn't make sense to play like that all the time. The Magic need answers that go beyond their starting lineup. The one player in particular right now has to step up if the Magic are going to break this spell. Pun intended that they're currently in. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This really is essentially Jonathan Isaac's rookie year. We can all sit here and I'm sure someone will say, and and I've heard it said to me, he's a sixth overall pick, he's got to do more, he isn't a rookie, he's been through the the ringer, he's now played 61 games, so he's really a more advanced rookie, certainly. Uh, going, you know, played a lot more than a lot of guys. He should be better. He is the sixth overall pick of his draft, yada, 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 yada. Those arguments are bunk. There is no denying 
that when Jonathan Isaac is good, his talent is promising. And he is still very much a big part of the future of this team. He is not someone that the Magic are just going to cast aside or give up on because he's going through a tough stretch. This year, his scoring average has increased to 7.9 points per game. He's had His effective field goal percentage is actually up to 45.3% effective field goal percentage. He has, at times, looked a lot more confident. And his defense, of course, is fairly reliable, although he's been in some lineups where his defense has not been able to push through. And he's looked like a rookie. A little jumpy, trying to go for steals too much, relying too much on his length and athleticism. And so while he certainly seems to have taken to learning technique, the discipline isn't quite there, as you would expect with a young player. You have to sometimes stop with Isaac and remember the kid is only 21. It's his second year in the league, his first full season in the league. He's going through normal rookie growing pains. No one should begrudge him that. No one should hold him to that. No one should, should, should knock him for that. He's not a bust. Not at all, in fact. But the last two games especially have shown plenty of signs of concern. Where Isaac simply isn't the player the Magic need him to be. They need his defense, first and foremost. He's not there to create off the dribble or score a ton of points. But the one thing he has to do is be confident. Is when the ball comes to him to make the right decision and when the shot is there to shoot it. And yeah, he's struggling to shoot. He's shooting only 27.4% from the floor, 40.3% from beyond the arc. An increase in three-point attempts has helped his effective field goal percentage bounce up. So he is playing a little bit more comfortably. And he's had plenty of moments where he's looked confident. But teams are beginning to ignore him at the three-point line. And he's got to make them pay. And so the one thing that cannot happen is for him to pass up those shots. The last two games, he shot two for 13 and over seven from beyond the arc. Last two games. Scored only four total points. That stuff matters. The Magic need him to produce to win. So let's not, I'm not saying that. But those stats don't matter to me. I want him taking shots. I don't care if they go in or not quite yet. I, I do care, but it's more important that he shoots in place confidently and not timidly than anything else. Because that's going to bring the success that he, that he needs and the Magic need, especially on the defensive end. No, what, what concerns me more is the shots he passes up right now. Isaac's always been an unselfish guy. He'll make, when the shot's not there, when the drive's not there, he'll move the ball. But the one thing he cannot do is he cannot hesitate to shoot. He cannot be the guy that when the ball comes to him and he is wide open, that he stops, thinks, and lets the defense catch up and recover. That's only going to create a more difficult shot for him to take if he decides to take the shot or tries to drive. The Magic need him to be a three-point threat. And yeah, he's struggling to make threes right now through this or this season. But he needs to still be a three-point threat, a guy who's willing to shoot because eventually that's what he will be if the Magic develop him correctly. It's a difficult balance. It's, it's one of the more difficult balances that, that that's really throughout this entire roster and, and really as we come up on the trade deadline here, it's one of the difficult questions this Magic team faces. Because the Magic throughout this entire season have been balancing 
the need to win games today and prepare for the future and develop for the future. It's been one of the trickiest balances at every aspect of the franchise. Yeah, Nikola Vucevic helps you win games and winning games is good, but he's not the future. Is him making the all-star team in a contract year really going to help this franchise? It's a fair question to ask, as many of you have. Is taking the ball out of Aaron Gordon's hands going to help him grow and be the player the Magic need? What about Jonathan Isaac? Now, I'm of the mind that everyone needs to play within their roles right now. That it's important to develop roles that players can succeed in and handle and that winning does trump all. That everyone improves when you win. It's a culture thing as much as anything else, which I won't get into today because I know that was a battle last year. And so, I when I, I want to see from Isaac is a player who's confident, who clearly belongs on the floor, and he does. And right now, a guy who's cl- clearly a starter. And that's the part that's a bit uncertain with the way he's played lately. If he's going to hesitate to shoot the ball, if he's going to pass up open jumpers or wait a beat too long, then he's not the starter right now. The Magic needs something else. And as I shared in that lineup data, the Magic played better with Wessa Wundu in that group, with Terrence Ross in that group. Terrence Ross is finishing games with that group right now. And not Jonathan Isaac. It used to be Isaac last week. Maybe it still can be. I still believe in Jonathan Isaac. This is this this swoon, you know, poor shooting, whatever you want to call it. That should have been expected. Because he's a rookie. For all intents and purposes, he's a rookie. Rookies have wild swings. Consistency develops over time. And this summer is going to be an important one for Jonathan Isaac, just like last summer was recovering from the injury. This summer is a real big development summer for Jonathan Isaac. You don't want to think that far ahead quite yet because there's still half a season to play, but it's a big one for him. A very big one. And Isaac has his work cut out for him still to improve his jumper. His jumper needs a lot of work. But more than anything else, Right now, it's about confidence. Really, for the whole team. Isaac's problems are a symptom of the larger problem with this group right now. That they're struggling to let things flow naturally and freely. They're pressing. They're trying to make things happen. And really, they just got to trust their preparation, trust their execution. Play a little more freely. But Isaac's situation is critical because the Magic can't stunt his growth. They need him to be out there playing meaningful minutes, playing big minutes, playing with that starting group so that they can gather the information they need for the future and give Isaac the opportunity to grow within the structure of this offense. At the same time, they need him to produce. They need him to play confidently. Those goals do intertwine. But whether Clifford does pull the plug and change his starting lineup, which maybe there's evidence for him to do, that's part of the push and pull tension 
of this season. Of, again, both trying to win games in the present and planning for the future. Like I said, I don't think the starting lineup's a problem. I think Isaac does work in that group and he just needs to make a shot, get an easy basket, and find his confidence again. Again, it's something that'll happen team-wide, I think. I think if they get some momentum going again, they'll be fine. And I, I, like Clifford said yesterday, I think that they'll their shooting will turn around again like it did at the beginning of the season. But certainly, Isaac has raised a few questions. And has made us, made us think just how much farther he has to go and just how much he's taking away from the team right now. Right now, I just want to see Isaac be confident. Make decisions decisively and not hesitate. Because that will ultimately make him a better player. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Coming up, or now on Orlando Magic Daily, a look at how the Magic can get Aaron Gordon more involved in the offense and help get the offense going more. And definitely, Aaron Gordon is a big piece to this puzzle. You can check that out now on orlandomagicdaily.com and, of course, follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening. We'll have a complete recap of the Magic's game against Utah Jazz. Again, that's at 9 o'clock over in Salt Lake City at 5 in Smart Home Arena. We'll, we'll watch that on Fox Sports Florida and, again, have a recap of that on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Wright. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.